All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Roundtable. We're back. It's 2021. We're mastering the restart. And here we are with another um, edition of basically a conversation between Jeff and I. At, we record. We and, record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but today's question that I want to talk about is just a question to you, Jeff, is how do we as Christians, followers of Jesus, navigate this cultural moment? Yeah. With yeah. everything that's going on. I mean, yeah. all the things. Just that question. What do we do? Yeah. Well, one, I'd have to say, I feel like I've changed my answer to that question <laughs> through every season. You know what I mean? Like every cultural moment that we've been in has required a different kind of response, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like we can just figure out, oh, here's how to respond as a church to different winds of change or, or events that happen because every one of them has been unique. And I think like consequential enough to where we've really Mm -hmm. had to think about, you know? Yeah. So all I'm saying is I don't have a pat answer for that. I know for this moment, re tapping into both Bible reading that you talked about this last Sunday at Veritas got myself a new Bible. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just going back to the, I know, look at that. Found a good deal on that thing. Um, so finding habits of start with a new Bible and a new reading plan and checking off the box, mm-hmm. you know, just getting myself into a fresh set of habits for that and prayer that we're going to be talking about this coming Sunday um, at Veritas. So, yeah, I think for me, it's not so much knowing how to look into this cultural moment and know what to say or what to think. Often it's going back and reacquainting myself with Bible and prayer Mm -hmm. that helps me day by day, you know, Mm -hmm. give me what I need to answer that question kind of moment by moment rather than Mm -hmm. a blanket answer. It's interesting because I was uh, in my old guys group this morning Mm -hmm. calling the Caleb's, uh, the guys in their seventies that have been walking with Jesus for a number of years. I asked him this question Mm -hmm. and um, one of them said, go back to the timeless foundational truths and and just saying what are the things that if you were a pastor during the revolutionary war or communist right soviet union or today right that would be you would be saying the same thing totally you would like and i see jesus when when people try to get him entangled in their affairs and they want the they want the uh the ruling of the law right an issue they want what should i say yeah what should we make a statement this sunday should we send something out to our members should we post on social media we would come to jesus with this question and it seems like he always is redirecting something different yeah hey i want to talk i know you want to talk to me about whether you should share your inheritance or whose wife will she be in the kingdom to come or what good thing must i do i've kept the law I know you want to talk about that, but I want to talk to you about this. That's so Not great. the, what's the ruling on this, but mm-hmm. what kind of person are you becoming in yeah, the midst of this? Dude, How are you? And, and that's why I felt like that was this morning mm. from this old guy, instructive to me on yeah. what are those timeless truths? Because younger leaders feel like this has to be the most catastrophic moment to hit you know, the history of our planet. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and yeah. instead... Some of the older guys are like, yeah, we've had catastrophic 
moments before, you know, like I even just think yeah. of when I was growing up and I'm not quite as old as they are, but I'm getting there. But things like the cold war, I mean, in our elementary school, we still practiced how to get under our desks and prepare for right. the Russians to come in yeah. and bomb Osage. Iowa. <laughs> well, we had to do that. You know cause I mean? We had to do that. Cause in Omaha, we were, Oh, the, the, with strategic air command. Totally. Uh, that's where Bush was flown after 9-11. We were always told, we are like target number two yeah. on, on the Russians. We list. were afraid of Omaha getting bombed. So I'm just saying, though, I wonder yeah. what pastors in that day, in the 60s, civil rights movement, Cold War, uh, a president, a civil rights leader, and attorney general all getting shot and killed. Vietnam, all the wow. different things going on. I just yeah. wonder, did they have that same kind of impulsive, like um, moment after moment after moment hitting? How do we respond to this? In addition to the sexual revolution and all the moral decay that was going on. So I'm just yeah. saying that wasn't yeah. that long ago historically. Yep. And they were piling on some pretty heavy, significant moments. Okay, so what are the things you're going back to? Like to, to anchor, if yeah. you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, we talked about Psalm 23. Well, God's people have been talking about Psalm 23 for 2,000, no, 3,000. You and I discovered Psalm 23. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going back to it again. So even for this coming Sunday, a little spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about how to pray through some anchoring, for me at least, and just whatever's hitting my soul, it's the easiest to teach from. Psalm 23, the Lord's Prayer. And then the kind of curveball, I guess, or maybe the unexpected one is not a passage of scripture, but the Apostles' Creed. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is um, I know a lot of our folks were not even raised in more liturgical churches. So it's not like that's terribly familiar. For others that were raised in liturgical churches, it might be familiar, but it was done just in rote, just parroting mm -hmm. back. Um, so I want to all of us collectively kind of rediscover the Apostles' Creed in a prayerful way, because here's what I think it does. It anchors us into the ancient, like this we believe declarative confession statements that every Christian around mm -hmm. the world and throughout all the eras of time have collectively agreed upon. We might disagree mm -hmm. on a lot of things. We might disagree mm -hmm. even in this cultural moment in some different things. On this, we all agree. And I think there's something strengthening to just through prayer say, there's a lot of confusion. This, I believe. This, I confess to be true. You know what I mean? It's, I think even for God's people, the foundation is shaking of what can, what truth can I be sure of? Yeah, right. Because it seems like everybody has, you know, you read a different, listen to a different podcast, read right. a different blog, read it. You know, and it's like, shoot, what is the foundation? And I think yeah. that's where God's word, you know, Lord's Psalm 23, Lord's Prayer, Apostles' mm -hmm. Creed. There's this statement um, that church, you know, this is kind of pithy statement. Unity in what is essential, liberty in non-essentials, and in all things, charity. Yeah, I love it. I think that, you know, I think about the Apostles' Creed. Can you just read it? Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So the Apostles' Creed, or at least the version that we're agreeing upon, and there's great agreement on the bulk of it. There's a couple of things in there that, and it's not 
Bible, right? So it's okay to disagree on some little things. But for the most part, there's great agreement on the, the core meat of the Apostles' Creed. It says this, we believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And let me just stop and say, and I won't comment all the way through, but Genesis 1 is foundational, right? We believe there's a creator, that there is a single creator to whom we must all give an account. And so even just mm. there's something settling that opening statement that seems like kind of maybe too simplistic is really foundational. We kind of align ourselves by that statement under the creator God who has rule and reign over all things. Wow. So can I, yeah. Can I add commentary? Maybe you should stop at each point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. maybe read through the whole thing. Okay, okay, and yeah, then I'll, I'll sure. go back to yep. the comment. Okay. okay. Let me start over then and I'll just do it in, in its entirety. We believe in God, the father almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father, from which he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Mm. <laughs> that's a lot of i mean but if you think about if we come back to this yeah. as the basis of our unity yeah and we say we we have unity in mm. this in this doctrine yep um i think that um you know sometimes we imagine ourselves having unity in ah oh, we like its style of our church and right. i just love the worship here and I, we totally. have unity around a lot of stylistic things but at the core Yep. It's our doctrine yeah. that binds us. And so it is the thing I was going to comment on, you talked about, we believe in God, the father almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, starting with God as creator. Yeah. I guess my, my thing that's so sobering about that for this cultural moment, yeah. like how do we respond? I often don't think one of my first responses needs to be, I need to speak and act as somebody who's going to be judged. Yeah. Right. I need to right. be aware yeah. of the fact, like James says, when, when Zach Rao brought this up in our staff meeting, he just quoted James, yeah. speak and act as those who are going to be judged Man. by the law of freedom. Be careful when you're casting judgment because mercy triumphs mm. over judgment. Mm. And just this idea of yeah. that right there is sobering. Absolutely. It puts you in a posture of submission. It puts you in a posture of vulnerability, appropriate vulnerability. Like we are not, it, maybe especially as, as Western Christians in this day, we value autonomy, we value liberty, we value, you know, our own um, kind of license to, to be the kind of men around yeah. it. And the Apostles' Creed reminds us we are under authority, mm. right? There is a maker of heaven and earth to whom we will give an account. Yeah. And I think it's, well, there's practically, there was, you know, something on social media out there by a person that, that was, was very, you know, Proverbs says, harsh words stir mm -hmm. up anger. And I came across it and it was just, it stirred up. And, but actually, 
thank the Lord. I mean, my first response, I just began praying for this, mm. this, you know, uh, person who just, it, it can elicit anger, yeah. but there's sometimes where you can just be so brokenhearted. Yeah. And um, anyway, this posture of seeing all of us are on the same level. Yes. We're under. Yes. We're <laughs> under. Yes. Totally. It, it is humbling. Okay. And then, um, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Mm. Once again, lordship. You know, once again, that authority thing. Once again, it puts you in a posture of submission. We are followers of Christ. We are Christ followers. You know, and uh, I think it's almost helpful that we've taken on more of the phraseology. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Instead, we're asking in this day, are you a Christ follower? And I think that's a helpful mm. like we. Because he's the Lord, right? He's the one we follow. It's, it's like soldiers or whatever. Like we're in line behind or under the Lordship of Christ. So can we, can I say here, one of the phrases that I heard the early church would, was, was like the binding unifying statement was Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. It was almost a confession at right. baptism right. at yeah. That was your way of saying, I'm a part of the Jesus community. Yeah. Jesus Christ is Lord. I will say what, when I was in Israel, um, you know, back 20 years ago or whenever, when we went to the Middle yeah. East, uh, yeah. were we all together? I in, no, because I was in Lebanon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We, well, met, we met up in England afterward. I found what, you know, they had this little, um, this little hat with the Star of David and the American flag on it. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, here I am in Israel. I wonder, yeah. oh. I wonder how Jewish people feel about <laughs> this. Like, what does the Torah have to say about, oh, wow. about this? And in today's thing, when you see an image of, you know, anytime Jesus Christ, and whether it's a political figure right. or a, a flag of right. some kind. Right you know, whether it's a communist flag or an American right. flag or a political figure that kind of gets yeah. put with Jesus. That's the stuff that makes me, yeah. right. you know, I think this, this kind of confronts. Totally. It's that syncretism, you know, and, and when there's not mm, suspicion or whatever, in other words, like many churches throughout the American uh, history, I don't know American <laughs> history, but at least in my life and many churches have up in front the christian flag and the american flag both mm. prominently mm -hmm. this way and again because maybe people don't question no my ultimate allegiance is to jesus but i'm also an american citizen whatever but i do think there's something questionable at least about displaying the american flag in the local church like in that sphere our focus is to be our ultimate citizenship in heaven and Jesus Christ is our Lord. It's not that we desecrate the flag or minimize the flag of the United States. As soon as we are in a political discussion or, you know, but whatever, we're, we're citizens of this, this nation as well. But I think having them side by side, it says something mm -hmm. that's probably yeah. more syncret. I was syncretism, syncretistic. Yeah. I don't know why that word always throws me off, but, uh, that could be problematic, but I think we should yeah. at least ask. And we don't have that here yeah. at Veritas, but many, many churches do 
Yeah. And I think that ultimate allegiance of Jesus Christ needs to be just prominent. Yeah. In Christ followers. You know? That word's getting thrown around a lot. Syncretism. Yeah. I've read it in some different blogs. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, it does make sense. The idea of when something gets synced, you know, my, yeah. my phone gets synced to my computer. Yeah. They bring two different things and yeah. they get one. Merge when you bring, them. yeah, you merge religion and Jesus Christ as Lord with whatever political ideology and you try to, yeah. or, or another religion, right. you know, syncretize, you know, with, uh, we see it in its most negative, for instance, right now, many in the world are worried about the nation of Turkey because it has been a secular nation, even though it was 99% or whatever, uh, Islam, uh, they had maintained a secular, you know, religious freedom posture as a country and now that it's becoming more islamic and they're taking over the highest sophia and making it a mosque again and so forth there are people that are like oh no the merging of islam with the secular government oh Oh, that bodes ill for that entire region right we feel more comfortable with it (laughs) because we're christians and so when our nation Mm. and our flag merges with christianity we we feel safe about that but what i'm saying is God doesn't yeah. want us to merge those things. Yeah. I'm not so much worried about our government as much as I am. No, Lord, I want you to know you are supreme. Yeah. Your Lordship. Well, I think one of the questions, we have our elder time tomorrow, and one of the questions I'm asking the elders that we're working through is, at a time where everyone is, is tribalism mm-hmm. in micro communities, like now right. it's not just one side oh, that's, man. you know, in a tr- you're in a tribe, this tribe or that tribe. It's like there's a thousand different tribes and totally. unity seems to require, well, what do you think about this hot topic? Right. And that's the basis for unity. I guess my question on this, do you think that Christians should be able to be on completely different ends of the spectrum politically, yeah. but be able to say, Jesus Christ, I believe right. in Jesus Christ is only so. Well, I think that's what it gets down to. One, one of the most... Um, uh, the one that will cause the most kind of quizzical looks or whatever is when you get to that phrase, the Holy Catholic church, we believe in the Holy Catholic church, right? Because immediately we put a capital C on that. They're typical capital C Roman Catholic church. And that's not actually the apostles creed actually predates the formation of the Roman Catholic church. Mm. The word Catholic just means universal. And by universal, it doesn't just mean all around the world at this point in time. It means all the saints of Jesus Christ through all time. In other mm. words, when, when you get to the book of Revelation and all the saints are assembled before Jesus, it's all those, you know, mm. since the apostle Paul to this day died now resurrected, standing before Jesus. And there is something about stating that that is important, I think, in these days. Wow. Like we hold something very dear wow. and, and very unifying that will be unifying to us throughout eternity. Some of these other matters will get sorted out. And even 10 years from now, we'll be like, man, remember back when we used to fight about whatever. Um, this creed brings me back to saying, you know what? I, I need to celebrate and protect a unity that I have with all those who fall under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that has to supersede all other matters, right? I believe in the Catholic Church, the Church Universal of which I am, I am part. Mm-hmm. I might even still have sharp disagreements within the Church, but I have to say, okay. But at the end of the day, I have to say, no. We are together under the banner of Christ, and that that has mm-hmm. to kind of 
tyrannize all other um, discrepancies or, or bickerings that go on. It's know? funny. One of the ways I saw you, uh, I, I, it was interesting to watch you navigate this because the school of theology that you took over to Zambia and training these pastors, yeah. I mean, in terms of doctrinal disagreements, oh, man. there are far fewer things, you know, yeah. you probably have in common with oh, some yeah. of those pastors in that room than most churches, you know, probably, oh, I don't know, in the evangelical church in America. But it's funny how you, some of those things matter less. Oh, man. When there are fewer Christians, so when true. there's more, you're just like, and the picture of these African brothers singing and clapping mm. and shouting and all of a sudden those little yeah. differences that and sometimes even you know there are bigger and smaller issues right and some of those are bigger issues that i want to challenge them on yeah. and talk with them through but absolutely this creed brings me back to okay but what do we agree on? let's mm. start there it doesn't mean no we'll never talk about disputable matters or we'll never talk about controversial things no of course God's people should always strive toward truth and unity at a higher level. But I can't be dismissive. I think in this day, we are too often in our cancel culture or whatever, willing to full on dismiss fellow brothers and sisters in Christ because of an issue. Yeah. And we minimize what we agree on together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you navigate this in a, in a say, a small group setting where you're, mm. you're in a connection group or a home group or whatever, you know, you're just with with other believers and how, how do you lead a group like that when right. somebody, you know, pops a pin to a grenade and rolls it into the middle of the group, like a, throws out a really controversial thing right. that says, Hey, you know, we have a conviction on yeah. fill in the blank. Right. How do you walk through that knowing that there are mm. people who have different disagreements? Man, I guess I'm, I hadn't thought about it in that way till you asked the question, but, at least in the immediate and in our just sphere of influence, wouldn't it be cool if every connection group actually took a season to work through and rehearse all of these? And just, I just wonder what kind of healing balm it would bring to at least, even if it doesn't dismiss some of the issues at hand, it would put them in their right right mm. place and and reduce the level of tension the level of, you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if all of a sudden you you're looking around and i am in such full agreement on the most consequential things on this planet okay now all of a sudden i feel safe talking about some disputable matters mm -hmm. when we first set a bedrock of shared belief and confession you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah so i wonder yeah. if some of that is let's practice unity <laughs> <laughs> well, think about, I mean, think about even us. I mean, we have different approaches on different yeah. things. And, and, you know, over the years, there have been things that come up and you're right. like, oh, I didn't even know you believed that. Yeah. Or I didn't even know you approach things that way or how you, right. I mean, it could be anything. It could be um, how you see, you know, s educating your children. Right. Or different approaches. Like important. They're important. Issues. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's not just where do you like to eat, right? That's a pretty important Huge. thing. And so I think the the categories of, you know, preference, right. conviction, and right. doctrine, right. or or like unity, things that we need. Because this isn't. I, I just want to say too, this isn't um, what we think of as like liberalism that says, oh, it doesn't matter what you believe. Let's just all have unity. 
No, no, no. It's not that. It doesn't just, this is tight theology. This, like, if we confess these things together, we are automatically a pretty small tribe. Like, if you really believe Psalm 23, the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed, if you really believe this deep in your heart, mm. you are already in a small minority of people. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you've yeah. already said, like, oh, we're, we're kind of hemmed in or fenced in a little bit from a wide variety of... Because just, just because you may be a church that quotes the Apostles' Creed doesn't mean you're a church oh. that believes the Apostles' Creed. In fact, in, at least in America today, I would say... There are, poor, there are probably more, I have no data for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> there are probably more churches that are more faithful to recite the Apostles' Creed that don't actually believe it or follow it. And there are actually converse to that churches that actually believe this stuff that are unfamiliar with the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I well, you're right. it's kind of based on your own. Didn't you, weren't you yep. raised in a, you, I mean, you talked about quoting this. Yeah, yeah. we, yeah, we were, the yeah. creeds in different ones. And I, I, you know, I talk about a lot, like even the Gloria Patri, I can still remember the Gloria Patri because Bertha Schuster on the organ, you know, you hear that familiar, that, that chord that was, you know, yeah. and you'd all, you'd find yourself standing up and singing these yeah. words. Like, <laughs> you could have been in a stupor, you know, you're like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Glory be to yeah. Anyway, so yeah, there there are a lot of people that are able to quote these words that haven't thought about it being like mm -hmm. a confession of this we believe. Conversely, I do think the Apostles' Creed became for many, especially persecuted believers. I just imagine believers, whether it's in the catacombs or maybe the the cold, you know, forest of of you know, Russia or something. And these believers like coming together, holding hands together and repeating these words, maybe with tears streaming mm -hmm. down. Like, I don't know what else is coming our way. I don't know what else, but this yeah. holds us together. This binds us together. You know what right, I mean? Like right. with passion, every yep. phrase yep. comes out of their mouth. Yep. This quoting this creed might make you an enemy of many yes. Americans yes. on whatever side of the spectrum you're on. Cause Absolutely. you're like, it's what, in a in a communist country it's what makes you an enemy of the state is right. your allegiance is to jesus christ you are a citizen of heaven mm -hmm. and i think as believers that's where i i just think this this question that i you know began with is how does a christian live in this cultural moment i mean i think the simple thing is we're saying live as a citizen of heaven yes live with jesus christ as the lord yes follow his find his teachings and follow his example. Yeah. Um, and if there's a, a platform out there, you know, to align yourself with vigorously, you know, let it be something like the apostles creed, <laughs> you know, Ooh. with all these other banners that you could align under right now. Um, let this be the boldest banner. This mm. we believe. Mm. Wow. Well, that's, that's all I got for today. That's I awesome. think that's enough. There's a lot more that could be said, but we would get into the weeds. Yeah. Quick if we did. <laughs> well, and we're not afraid of the weeds, but yeah. maybe not today. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, uh, if you just pray for us. Yeah. And, I'd love to. Yeah. God, even as I think about how you've been reteaching me to pray with, with my focus on the great shepherd and the sheep, Lord, I'm grateful Jesus that you know how to, lead us and come alongside us 
and even lay out banqueting tables when we were facing an enemy and we were at peace, even in the most frightening times. I'm grateful, Jesus, for that. I'm grateful that when uh, we don't know how to pray, you tenderly come alongside us and instruct us and say, hey, pray like this and teach us all over again how to pray when words escape us, Lord. And and I'm grateful for the unity that I have with brothers and sisters in Christ, many of whom I have even sharp differences with, but even those sharp differences seem to pale and fade into the background when we declare together this we believe, Lord. So thanks for these just words that are like anchors uh, to my soul. And I, I pray, God, would you help many believers uh, that might be even listening in right now to find security and peace and confidence and courage because we're re-anchoring, re-tethering ourselves again to you and to your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 We will see you next time. Have a great week.